0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christophe, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam.
1: I'm Damien Christophe. And I'm
2: Brett Hill.
0: And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives and boys. um, I've had a really pretty busy couple of months. I've been traveling uh, all over the world. And uh, it's been kind of crazy trying to run like three different businesses. I don't know about you, but um, I've been uh, pretty swamped in my head and uh, trying to ma- micromanage my, my life and businesses. Uh, even though I'm known as Mr. Perfect, I am not perfect at it. So we thought we'd bring on a, a special guest to uh, to help us with or maybe just help me uh, regards to my mindfulness. And uh, so we welcome to the show Dr. Elise um uh, who's a doctor, coach, wellness innovator. And uh, she's going to help us, guide um, us in terms of really creating meditation in her life and how it actually, why is it so important in our lives? And she has got a very special project that we'd like to introduce to the world of the Wellness Guys show. So welcome to the show, Dr. Elise.
3: Thank you so much.
0: So Dr. Elise, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I think uh, you're also, you have a professional expertise in the field of psychology. Tell us a bit about that and how you got started in, in mindfulness.
3: Absolutely. So to begin with, I guess my background is I'm a doctor and I trained in psychiatry, but To be honest, in my training, I I went into it because I was always really passionate about how to help people live their most actualized well lives. And so along the path, I, I must admit, I did become a little bit disillusioned with the with the training that I had because I felt that it had sort of missed something and I wasn't quite sure what that was. And it was only until I came upon meditation and I really landed upon meditation for my own need because I was a doctor, I was working these crazy shifts and and it was a pretty stressful job, particularly working in mental health as well. And so I turned to meditation myself and this really became the, one of the most Important educations I did in my in my entire training because it actually started to teach me the intricacies of the mind, how it works, and how we can harness the mind and really make the mind work well for us so that we can live yeah happily and and effectively in our lives uh, so then that really a few years after that, I was going to meditation retreats and I became really interested in it. I was feeling the benefits of mindfulness in my own life and I started working with my clients using some of the mindfulness techniques and I just found it to be incredibly powerful. And then about three years ago, I was re- I've was always been really passionate about creating community and when social media took off, I thought, right, how could I harness the power of technology and social media to create like an online community where people can learn how to meditate and also do it for a cause greater than themselves. So this is what the project that I created Mindfully May is all about. So it's an online meditation campaign that inspires and teaches people how to bring 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation into their life and and then fundraise at the same time to build clean water projects in developing countries. So the idea is It allows people to develop a clear mind. So it's a clear mind for you and clean water for others. So it's addressing two major issues in the world. One being that in the developed world, so much of our suffering comes from the mind. And in fact, the World Health Organization states that by 2020, depression is going to be, I think, the second leading cause of global burden of disease. And then you've got in the developing world, the issue of the global water crisis, which the statistics say one in 9 people in the world don't have access to clean safe drinking water and it's one of the leading factors that causes so much death and illness with something like one child dying every 21 seconds because of a cont- illness related to contaminated water. So that's wow, the at
1: least- there's There's so much that you've raised there in the first uh, four minutes of this particular podcast. <laughs> We're going to have content for hours, which is, which is fantastic. Thank you. Now, I'm just going to take it back a few steps because you've raised, obviously, some very important points there about water, um, helping out people in need, uh, raising funds, your um, organization, your program, all of these sorts of things. But there'll be some people listening to this particular call um, that, would have thought that meditation had to take a whole hour or meditation had to take a big, long period of time. Mm. And, uh, and, and it was only recently when we interviewed Vicki Kelly about mindfulness and she speaks mm. about one-minute mindfulness that mm. I realized it can be done in little chunks. Do you get the same benefit from being mindful for shorter periods of time as you would for longer periods of time?
3: That's a great point that you raise. And I think the way that I explain it to people is this. I really see mindfulness as a form of mental training, just like we have in our culture the idea that we know we have to go and go to the gym or do physical exercise in order to be at our healthiest, most energised state. So mindfulness is a form of exercise for the mind. And so just like, I mean, just related to your question about is, you know, a short amount adequate, it's quite similar to thinking about exercise. So is, is it is it beneficial to do exercise? Like, is it better to do exercise for longer uh, versus shorter? And the answer would be yes. And so I would say the same thing for mindfulness practice and meditation practices. The longer you do it, the more benefit is gained. However, there are certainly benefits from starting small, and I think that particularly when you're new to the practice, we're so used to running around and being so hyper-stimulated in this day and age that it's really quite an ask, and it's pretty un—it's kind of unfair to get someone to sit down and try and meditate for thirty minutes in one go when they've ne- never done it before. So that's why Mindful in May is really about opening up a doorway of possibility to people by breaking it down into bite-sized chunks so that people can, it's an achievable task and it leaves people feeling really good. And then it kind of offers them somewhere to go from there, which is to extend the practice if they want. The, The other point is that I think for me personally, like my mindfulness practices, I'll have a formal practice where I actually sit and meditate, but I actually use mindfulness through my days to actually just take a pause throughout the day. And it, it really helps to kind of recenter and refocus. And so, yeah, through this program, through Mindfully May, participants learn all these different ways of bringing it into everyday life. So it kind of weaves in quite easily.
2: Yeah. I'm loving this, Elise. And it's amazing how these things often just come along at just the right time. Like I know Lawrence was saying how busy he's been. I know that for me, the last, well, probably 12 months has been a pretty big year for me. And, and particularly the last week, I've been you know pretty snowed under. So it, I was actually, believe it or not, without even realizing that this interview was happening tonight, I was just, <laughs> just sitting there today looking up some stuff on meditation because I've always struggled with meditation. I've got to be perfectly honest. It's like mm-hmm. something that I've always thought, yeah, I really should do more of that. And every time I've tried. I am a bit of a busy person. I like exercising and sometimes I find I can go for a run and, and I f- feel like I get some of those same sort of benefits but I have struggled to sit down and sort of do some, I guess, just structured meditation and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure there may even be other people listening to this call who think a little bit the same as me. So what are the what are the challenges people have with starting meditation and, and I guess how do you help them overcome those?
3: Mm. So there are many challenges and there are also many misconceptions that people have but so some of the challenges that people have are to begin with as I said because we're living in this hyper stimulated hyper connected culture when you stop and just be still it is a really unusual and quite uncomfortable scenario for most of us these days and so And, and so it can be one of the challenges can be either that people actually just fall asleep immediately because they're so overworked and overtired and rushing around all the time that if they're supported to actually be still, and there's some guidance, often people can actually fall asleep and sleep is great. And often, you know, we need more sleep than we get anyway, but meditation is not sleeping. So, but that's fine because you eventually start to learn how to relax without falling asleep, which is also very nourishing to the body. So that's one challenge. Another challenge and one that I actually faced myself when I started meditating more than actually falling asleep was this underlying sense of intense agitation. So I would personally find when I started meditating that it was just so hard to just stop and be still. And along with that, there was sort of a physical sensation of agitation, but also the mental agitation. So my mind was just racing. It's I couldn't even, i would had to-do lists flying around and, you know, just constantly feeling there was something important I needed to write down or attend to. And so this restlessness of the mind is very common. And I think that it's really important for the listeners to know that, a lot of people think that you know they're they're bad meditators because they do it once and they can't stop their thinking and it's really important to understand that the purpose of meditation is not to stop your thoughts but it's actually to just settle the mind and so as you progress in meditation you will notice that particularly as you as you lengthen your meditation sits that the mind actually naturally just as you give it space it actually settles it's almost like the metaphor of a snow globe if you shake a globe you can imagine like the snowflakes are like your thoughts and it's just chaos in there and then when you put the snow globe down on the bench you notice like the snowflakes just gradually start to settle and that's pretty much what happens with the mind as well but When you begin and your mind is racing around, this does not mean that you're a bad meditator or you can't meditate. It just means that you have a hectic mind like most of us and this is what the mind does. It's spewing out thoughts all day long and most of the time we might not even be aware of the kinds of thoughts that we're having.
0: Mm, i I really like that analogy of that snow globe that's amazing um i've never heard that before but that actually totally makes sense now Mm. i also read uh uh, dr lee said um you know obviously we know meditation will most likely reduce stress you know we do um and also just allow you to just you know breathe easier and i'll probably have come up with more great ideas um but also read somewhere that um that it actually reduces genetic aging now i'm Mm -hmm. i'm on a path of like being Benjamin Button. I want to kind of reverse my aging. Uh, so could you <laughs> tell us about that? Where did the research, wh- how does that research uh, apply in this case?
3: So the research around aging, I think, well, let, let me just sort of step back a moment, because there's, there's so much exciting research about mindfulness meditation and the positive effects that it has on our well-being. Mm-hmm. But let's just take a step back. So I think that we were often taught, well, for me, especially in medical school, you know, when I went to medical school, we were taught, it was this sense that we were victims of our genetics, right, and that mm-hmm. you kind of, you don't have much control over your genetic expression and, and, and what illnesses you're going to get and it's a little bit of a kind of, yeah, you can be a victim of all of that. But now we know through the field of epigenetics that actually we have a lot more control and capacity to influence the expression of our genes. And, and this is a really exciting field because it means that we can all take a lot more responsibility and we can be a lot more empowered in our own well-being. So the link between mindfulness meditation and genetics. One interesting study actually found that people who were reg- regularly practicing mindfulness – showed an increase in the level of telomerase. So let me just explain what telomerase is. So telomerase is an enzyme that is required that protects our chromosomes against the effects of aging. So again, like there needs to be more research done, but these initial findings were incredibly exciting and it just basically highlights the fact that through our own lifestyle choices, we can actually influence our own genetic expression and, and we can affect the way that stress is impacting on our body towards a much positive direction.
1: Elise, we all love that so much because, from a mindset perspective, uh, we've listened to, to a lot of uh, Bruce Lipton's work, and, and oh, Bruce I love Lipton, I oh, love him to bits. What a guy! And he was—I was so lucky because I studied at New Zealand College of Chiropractic, and he was one of my lecturers. So wow. it was—it uh, was awesome. I've had dinner with him. I've hung out with him. Oh, how he's
3: exciting!
1: So, I've, I've even rubbed hands. I actually haven't washed my hands since the last time I showed this. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic, right? He is such a great guy. I love him. Um, He says – like what he talks about is largely around mindset um, with regards to the uh, ability to control or to influence the epigenetic – um, control over our genes. And he says that's more about mindset. Um, I've kind of recently gone into the nutrigenomic profile and looked a lot at that and be, have become very interested in that. Do you feel that it's equal? Do you think that mindset and nutrition kind of play a very similar role in the lengthening of the telomeres or increasing the amount of telomerase or is it very much one-sided? We're we going mindset is far more powerful than nutrition or food or we're we going food is far more powerful than the other. What do you think?
3: Mm. To be honest, you know, I don't know if I'm the the most qualified person to answer that question. But I, I think that the general theme is that all of these areas like that we have control over what we eat, the kind of way we live and think and being conscious of our mindset and and actually bringing active practices into our daily life whether that's a gratitude practice or just simply being aware of where our mind is and and knowing that we have a choice of where we put our attention are we going to kind of hang out in rumination for half the day or are we actually going to learn how to unhook from some of those cycles of negative thinking and so i think that all of those areas we have control over and they i mean the research has shown across the board that all of those things are having a major impact on our well-being yeah and so
2: least, you know, some people think about sort of mindfulness and meditation and they think of it as being like a bit out there, like a bit hippie, a bit kind of weird. And mm. I used to be one of those people, I must admit, when I was younger. I was like, oh, meditation, you know. Mm. But but obviously there's so much research out there supporting it now. So obviously you being a medical doctor yourself and being completely up to date with the research, I'd I'd love to know just, you know, some of the scientific basis behind this because there will be people out there still thinking that, oh, mindfulness, like how much difference is it really going to make, you know.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few examples that really have completely blown me away, and certainly inspired and motivated my practice a lot more. And look, all of this research that I'm going to share now is actually in more detail going to be shared through the program in Mindful in May, because I've had the privilege to actually interview some of the leading experts in these fields. So, for example, um, Richie Davidson, who was nominated top 100 most influential people by Time for his research around meditation and the brain and then dan siegel who's also doing a lot of research around this so all these interviews are going to be accessible for people throughout the program but i'll give you a couple of highlights so let me just think so one one of the pieces of research actually showed that after a few months of regular meditation the the people that were meditating actually had a thickening in their brain in higher functioning areas of the brain, specifically the the frontal cortex, which is our most developed part of the brain. And the the implication of this is that this area is responsible for things like planning, um, empathy, being more tuned into ourselves and able to respond more effectively, more quickly to challenges And so this area of the brain was actually thickened through only a few months of meditation. And the implications are that areas that obviously grow in structure have increased function as well. So that's a pretty amazing finding that we can use our minds to change our brain, and that's really within the whole field of neuroplasticity which has kind of boomed over the last number of years, books like – the brain that changes itself talks a lot about that mm, so that's that yeah so that's one that's one area but on a more general well-being level they did another study where again a group of people who were not you know expert meditators came and they were taken through a, a course and they were it was shown that their actual immune system had increased in its responsiveness so it was a stronger immune system after a number of months of meditation and they did this by giving people the flu injection and they measured people's responses to the to the flu so they could see, you know, how powerful the immune system was. So that's pretty interesting as well. So there's very solid evidence. There's sort of undeniable, very compelling scientific research that is showing that meditation is, is really something that is affecting the whole body system in a very positive way.
0: So Dr. Lee, so tell us, um, you know, obviously one of the things with meditation is to be able to hone in your focus, you know, and yes. um, especially, you know, you kind of mentioned it in the world that we live in, we got, I don't know, I just feel like with all the technology that we have all the accessibility to, you know, to the world, really, um, we're so connected in a way, we're also very disconnected to our thoughts, because we're, we focus on one thing to the other. And sometimes, Man, it's 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 crazy to be able to just gain that focus back to what's necessary and what's important to you. So, what are your tips on, you know, how does meditation help you get back on focus because we got guys like um, you know, really like Damien Christoph here, who's uh, probably the b- best multitasker that I know, <laughs> who's can Facebook and podcast at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am well, at the moment. Yeah, i mind- <laughs> sure you are. So, <laughs> mindfulness, demo. Yeah, mindfulness, Damien.
2: Come on. So let's give Damien, <laughs> how,
0: how, do, how, do how do we use meditation or even just some tips? Because I know you talk a lot about this um, as a corporate speaker as well to kind of get focus back into our lives.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know for me I totally relate to that because running this campaign I use a lot of social media and I find as well that my attention becomes so fragmented and scattered sometimes that honestly, like if I didn't have mindfulness meditation, I I I, I turn to it like I really need it to refocus and re-anchor myself. And so in answer to, in answer to your question, I think that what you're actually doing through mindfulness meditation is you're training your attention. So you're actually training your mind, your attention to be where you want it to be. And again, using the analogy of the gym, we we sit in mindfulness and what we do is we we choose an object to focus our attention on. So most commonly it's the breath. So if I asked all of you actually to just take a moment now and just Tune into your breath, not the thought of your breath, but actually feel where you notice your breath most. so it might be in the stomach where you, your belly is expanding and tr- contracting. it might be the movement of air in your nostrils. so just take a moment now to actually feel where you notice the breath, and I just want you to spend like literally five seconds. I just want you to follow the breath, keep your attention on the breath just for a couple of seconds let 's just all do this for a few moments right and just if you if you if you like, it can be helpful to actually label in, out silently to kind of keep your attention anchored to the breath. So just try that for a few moments. and I'll just uh, bring us back here because I'm aware that we're, you know, we're coming to the end of the interview. So I don't want to, I want to kind of fill the the space with lots of value for your listeners. But, you know, if you try and keep your attention in one place where you want it to be, you'll very quickly discover that the mind has other plans for you, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. So the question is, who is actually in control of your mind and your attention? Is it you or does your mind, do we have less control of our attention than we think? So mindfulness is really about developing our muscle of attention so each time you sit and meditate and practice you're actually strengthening the power of your attention to stay in one place so it's almost like an antidote to the way that we spend the rest of our days which is often our attention flitting between one thing and another and because of neuroplasticity and the fact that how we use our minds actually changes our brains we are re-sculpting our brains in a way from this multitasking and and moving between things very quickly. It's actually creating this pathway of kind of distracted, fragmented attention. And so mindfulness really is an antidote to that, which is why I think that now more than ever it's really becoming very popular because there really is a very strong need to help us to sort of neutralise this fragmentation of our attention.
1: Sorry about that, Elise. I was just typing to the boys. I wanted to ask one more question and so that sorry about that little pause. No worries. I was gonna so that's my multitasking thing. I was at a <laughs> seminar the other day, a presentation, and there was a um a PhD guy there. I wish I could remember his name, I'm just trying to recall it. He was he was speaking at Friends Gather Round. Great guy. Um,
3: Richard Chambers.
1: Richard, how good is Richard, right? What a good yeah. guy. And Amazing. I love listening to him. One of the things he said was that we have um kind of like brain pauses. So we can only really do one thing at a time. And whilst we all think, in particular, I do think that we can do many, many things all at once. Our brain is actually only capable of doing one thing at a time is what he says. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's correct. So when we're multitasking, we're actually switching between things. And There is lots of research to actually demonstrate that, in fact, even though we feel that we are getting more done by multitasking, we're actually a lot less effective than when we stick to one task at a time. That's, without doubt, all the research has shown that. Wow. So yeah. it's a very funny it's it's funny because you do feel that you're getting a lot done when you're moving between things, but in fact you're a lot less effective. And in fact there was research that showed that workers that multitask have a drop in their cognitive capacity that is equivalent of people that are that smoke marijuana or something like that it was oh, pretty that fun. explains
0: a lot actually mean? <laughs>
1: that's, well that's a lot less fun surely. <laughs> dr Elise,
0: so, um you know with, with regards to your program i mean I, this this concept you created i think it's it's amazing we got you know sort of five minutes left in this podcast and i really want sure. to um you to talk about this uh this mindful in may and what it's about and how do people get involved
3: Sure. So I think first of all, just for your listeners, anyone that's never learnt meditation and they think that it's something they might be interested in mindfully in may is really a wonderful opportunity for that kind of person because it takes you by the hand. And from day one, it's going to give you guidance via your inbox. So daily guidance for the whole month of may, and you'll be joining a global community. So we've got over 28 countries signed up and Basically, you'll get downloaded audio meditations that I've recorded and you'll get, as I said before, the video and podcast interviews with these leading experts from around the world that I've learned from and you know been really inspired by. So I've kind of tried to bring them all together and then you get to actually be part of making a huge difference in the world and that is what people have just loved, that it's really you're not just doing something positive for yourself, you are actually being part of making a difference to people that are really in need and that really enhances people's sense of gratitude and appreciation through the whole of May so 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 basically and you can sign up as an individual or some people actually I've had companies in fact NAB Telstra I've even got Google signed up this year Excellent. to to um learn you know to 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 get this mindful habit happening so you can join up with friends or if you run Could a the
1: wellness guys do it
3: Pardon? Yeah, absolutely. You can sign up the wellness guys as a team. We should team. do it,
2: boys. We're, We're in. We're in. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. We're yeah. in.
3: In fact, your you know, the listeners could even join your team. So you guys could have the wellness guys meditation fundraising team. And then if you, you know, the top fundraisers get mentioned throughout the campaign and there's prizes and lots of things going on. So you can find it through the website, org. We also have um, competitions that are being launched and mentioned through the Facebook page and Instagram, which are all again, mindful in May. And Yeah, it's just a wonderful opportunity to learn a new skill for life and also know that you've made a really big difference in the world. The other thing I would say is that uh, Charity Water, where the the funds are raised for Charity Water, they do an amazing job at helping us really connect to the outcome. So at the end of the month or in actually a year's time, you will get, if you've donated to the cause and helped raise money, then you actually get a report where exactly where the wells are built with an image of the wells in the community. And, you know, you can go and visit the wells one day in Ethiopia. So it's it's a really, you, you really get a sense of making a difference.
2: That's awesome, Elise. Well, we're definitely going to jump on board and we'll make sure we share on our Facebook page. Once we've signed up, we'll share the link to how people can join us and do Mindful in May and also how they can donate and support us and, Obviously, we're pretty competitive boys, so we're going to be gunning for that number one that's spot. That's right, we're taking number one. Yeah, I'm
0: just staying on this podcast.
2: Let's challenge Google because they're <laughs> a small
3: company. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're off to a slow start. I mean, in the lead at the moment is actually Sydney Water, but yeah, look, again, it's it's this funny thing of obviously, you know, meditation is not necessarily a competitive sport, but um, it
0: is our it, it is, is now. In our case. but
3: look, it's, it's competition all for a good cause. So that's the main. Right.
0: Well, I think Charity Water is fantastic. I I personally donate to Charity Water. I think it's great. Uh, But I just want to make sure that, you know, everybody understands how this works. So I think number one is you have to sign up uh, for this ten minute a day challenge uh, before may first two thousand and fourteen on you know on this podcast, so which means when this show goes live, you probably have just about less than two weeks to do that so make sure you do that um, then you also get your you give a donation you get sponsored um, by other people friends and families to help us uh, really on this cause and then you also receive what 's really great about this is that you receive a one month meditation program delivered to your inbox um, and so i don 't know how we 're going to do that as a group but i 'm sure you'll explain that in a second and then uh, I think the you got some great interviews here i mean you got some uh, people like uh, jonathan fields from the good life project uh danielle laporte uh, which is a fantastic female female entrepreneur uh it's just awesome stuff but how does you mentioned that we can join a, the wellness guys sort of team from our mm-hmm. listeners how do they do that how do we yeah so
3: basically you guys will register you'll register the wellness guys team and then if people want to join your meditation fundraising team they simply go to the website they click on register and they'll be asked if they want to join as an individual or join a team and they click on join a team and then they can search for the wellness guys mm-hmm. uh, in the in the box it'll come up and they can join that team so each individual that joins um, has to pay the registration fee which goes to bringing the the program together. And then they have an opportunity to make a donation if they want and then fundraise.
0: Okay, great. And so you, basically, they'll get an individual email themselves though. Once yeah,
3: everybody, started. everyone that registers gets the program delivered to their inbox.
0: Oh, fantastic. Okay. Oh, well, the,
3: the other thing to add is there are actually some events happening, particularly in Melbourne, um, I think, because you, where are you guys based?
0: Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, Adelaide a- and Perth.
3: Oh, okay. Well, Melbourne, there's a launch on the 23rd of April and we have Magda Zabanski who's actually the MIM ambassador and she did it last year and is still meditating since then. So she's got a lot to say and she'll share that at the launch. But um, we also actually have an events calendar on the website. So if people actually are more experienced in meditation and want to host their own meditation fundraising event, they can actually get on the website and schedule their own event and meet new people and create community around the event. So... Wow, that's wanted great. to let you know that
0: too that's great well guys go check out uh, mindfulinmay.org we'll have a team uh, we'll register now by the time this podcast goes live um, the team will be there so just search for the wellness guys and join us and uh, let's uh, you know create some changes in the, in the lives of people but uh, also in the lives of yourselves by meditating for a month uh, dr elise thank you so much for your time your thoughts and uh, you know just your expertise on this and uh, i think a lot of people will enjoy this podcast
3: Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I'm so thrilled to have you guys on board.
0: Well, guys, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thewellnessguys, and tell us if you're going to be on board and uh, join the team. Uh, Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Also, leave us a five-star rating and leave a comment on iTunes. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show.